Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my salvation. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we say, Lord, speak to us. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, I'm quite a thirsty person. Um, when me and Tara go out to a restaurant, um, the kind of places that I don't like are the kind of places where um, you order a Diet Coke and it comes in a small glass like that, full of ice, then you get charged £2.40. Do you know what kind of place I mean? And um, my actual, my favourite um, places to go are where you don't know, but you get a glass and it's empty. And they say, there's a tap just around, there's a, a machine just around there, you need to go and get yourself a drink. And it's refillable. <laughs> They're my favourite kind of places um, to go. And I'm, I'm always really thirsty. And um, my mate told me once that if you go to one of those places where um, drinks are refillable, you have to have ten drinks for them to start losing money. Okay, challenge accepted. Okay, <laughs> I'm on it. I've never managed it yet, but one day, hopefully, I'll get my money's worth. Um, or another time is um, when we're at home, and it's normally kind of a Sunday afternoon, and um, I've got the football on ready. Just before half two, three minutes to go. We've got everything we need, and I sit down, and Tara will say, Are you thirsty? And I'll say, yeah, I'd love a uh, Coke Zero, please. And then she'll say, put the kettle on while you're there. <laughs> That's what'll happen. Every time. And I've got to rush in, get the kettle on. As little water as possible, because I'm going to get back to the match. Because I'm always um, thirsty. And what we're going to do this morning, um, we're going to look at that passage, but we're also going to look at another passage. And we're going to look at two passages where Jesus said, um, I need a drink. Or I'm thirsty. So I'm just going to take you, if you've got your few Bibles, um, John 19. Okay? It's John 19, uh, 28, and it's on 1088, so just after where the reading was. Okay? And it's entitled Jesus' Death. So we're talking about a time when Jesus is um, on the cross. He's literally just about to die. And it says this. Verse 28, it's just the bottom of the page there. It says, Later, knowing that everything had been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked it on a sponge, uh, soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it up to Jesus' lips. Okay? Jesus... And we're we're on a journey to to this passage as we go through Lent where Jesus said, I'm thirsty. And when he was at the well with the woman, if we go back um, to John 4, he he said, um, give me a drink. In some earlier translations, it's just translated to, I'm thirsty. He just says to the woman, I thirst. So we've got two uh, readings where Jesus is, is thirsty. And I read that passage and I thought, um, you know, what am I going to uh, speak about? Because, and I, really, the, the question that I had in my mind was, how can Jesus thirst when he to- tells us that he is living water? When we look at him, we see a God who made water. 
There, there wouldn't be any water in existence if God had not made it. And all through the Bible we have a theme of water. He flooded the earth. It, all the water, is, he's not just made it, but it's all under his control. And we see his chosen people in the desert and they need a drink and, and, and he just um, water comes out of a stone. And, you know, the, 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 the sea is parted. He walks on the water and he says to the waves, no, and they stop. You know, you look at Revelations and it says, the streams of water flow around his throne. This is a God who is water and has got all water under his control. And yet he says, I thirst. And I, it just, it blows my mind, really. And so what I did, I went looking for that answer. Um, and I found... I found this, okay, and it was from a, a sermon a guy did uh, a few years ago, and he pointed to uh, the Psalms. Is that no? It's not that. It? I thought it was back. But anyway, carry on. Um, Psalm 69, okay. If you want to go to Psalm 69 um, on page 583 of the Bibles, okay. Psalm 69. This Psalm is. Um, a messianic psalm written by David about um, struggle. And what he's really pointing out is um, Jesus' struggle on the cross. Okay? So the things he's talking about are the things, uh, the struggles of this wor- world. And we're going to look at um, about five different verses. We're not going to read it all out. Okay? Psalm 69. There it is. Okay. And it says this. Uh, 1 and 2, it says, Save me, O God, from the waters, for the waters have come up to my neck. Okay, how many people feel like at times in their life the waters up to their neck, they're just treading water. It says, I sink to the miry depths we are, uh, where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters and the floods engulf me. Okay, moving on to next page, uh, 14 and 15, which says, Rescue me from this mire, from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me uh, from, the de- from the deep waters. Okay, and going on to 15, it says, Do not let the flood waters engulf me, for the depths swallow me up, for, or the pit close its mouth over me. And it's a... Uh, it's David talking about the struggle that Jesus went through on the cross. And he's saying, don't let it, you know, ha- how is this going to happen? It, it's a bitter thing. And uh, moving on, um, where are we going next? To verse 20, okay? And it says, scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I look for sympathy but there was none for my com- uh, for comforters, but I found none. Okay, and then years before that, Jesus got that drink of vinegar that we've just looked at. It said this: they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. Okay, and it says in verse 22: May the table set before them become a snare. May it become a Become retribution. If I can get it out. 
and a trap. Okay, so it's talking about the pain that Jesus would go through, but also it gives some pretty detailed uh, things like the vinegar. And it talks about a, a trap. A trap um, for um, those that had set it. And what they talked about was um, looking at how, on the cross, when Jesus said, I thirst, it looked like the trap that had been set for him by Judas and by those leaders and by all those people who were involved in putting him on that cross. And the scheme of the devil had trapped Jesus on the cross. That death was about to trap life. And here in this passage in the Psalms, it talks about how um, this is going to happen. He's going to want to... He's going to say, I thirst, because he's fulfilled so many scriptures, and this is the, one of the last ones of his life, so he's going to want to thirst, and that's going to, he's going to want to take that bitterness in his mouth, that harshness and take all that awfulness upon himself and it looks like um, that death is a trap for Jesus but what we've read there is actually when Jesus says I thirst and it will go back to um, so I'm just going to flip back to John uh, 19:28, and it says um, it said later knowing everything had to now had now been finished and so the scripture the one that we've just read would be fulfilled Jesus said I am thirsty and so what looks like uh, a trap for Jesus becomes a trap for death Jesus is not in a trap we often think he's in a trap but actually he's the one setting the trap when he says I thirst it's not because he needs a drink, because he's water. Water doesn't need a drink. He sets the trap for death. And the death is caught in that snare. And he defeats that death when he rose again. And here, in the passage, yes, Jesus has had a bit of a journey, but he doesn't need a drink, he's water. And so he sets this trap. He sets a trap and he says, um, I'm thirsty. Would you get me a drink? And if you are here last week, um, you will have uh, heard David talk about Nicodemus. And Jesus in that passage um, sets a trap for him with those questions that he, he asks Nicodemus and he ends up, um, I don't know, a bit tangled, shall we say. And one of the things that David pointed out was um, how important it was that um, Nicodemus went at night. He went at night because um, he was ashamed to be seen. He thought, I don't want anybody to see me speaking with Jesus. And it's interesting because you'd think the same would be the same here for the woman, but actually she goes to the well in the middle of the day. Because she's ashamed not to be seen with Jesus, but to be seen by anybody because of the perceived sin in her life. 
and she's there at the right moment and Jesus has gone around where he needs to be and he's set a trap for this woman. Okay, just like he set a trap for death. And, uh, but this trap is different. Okay, we're going to look at why. So, this trap is different. Um, and this woman comes as a, um, in the middle of the day because her sin is just too much. And Jesus talks about it. He says, go and fetch your husband. And she's like, you know, he's setting the trap. You see? He's setting the trap for her. And um, she's like, I don't have a husband. And she tells half the truth. You know, and he knows about her life. And he's going to help her. And um, a few, I I told this story when I did a little testimony um, to say thank you for the money people gave for the sports project and um, we had a, a lad who after one of the, the God spots came up to me and said um, it was great and he said how do I get my sins forgiven and he'd not been coming along and he'd, and he'd just heard a, a little he'd heard a little glimpse of what God could do and he's obviously got things on his heart that he um, wanted to deal with and I give him a really simple, well, I thought it was simple explanation about how you go about doing that. Connecting with God. Saying thank you. Saying sorry for those things that you wanted to get rid of. And um, the young lad's name was, was Tony. And he, um, he clearly thirsted after something. And he lived his life thirsting after the wrong things. And when he heard about it, Simply, he'd not been coming along. He just, he just thirsted for that, for a, a, to know a God who, who loved him, transformed his life. Just simply, and I'm amazed um, in verse 15, where the woman just says, um, "Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty, and have to keep coming back here to draw water." And she just like she just simply just says like I want that because you know my life and you know what's going on in my life and it's the same for us it's the same for me God knows what's going on in our lives and you know I'm thirsty all the time for a drink but I'm also thirsty for for the things of this world do you know what I mean by that? And like, but you know, and it's about how you how you deal with that thirst. If we thirst after God, or we thirst after things as well, and it's hard. Um, and this woman, she's you know, she's she's at her lowest point, and she's just like, yes, I want, um, I want that water. And so you can see, like, the trap that Jesus has set is different for the woman than it was for actual. Um, Welcome back. You only got one now. All right, no worries. Um, and it's different for the woman than it is for death. You see, the trap for death was to defeat it, but the trap for the woman was actually to give her something that would make her life much better, even in the struggles. It was something that would be in her. It says something in us that springs up. 
just like going to Nando's and getting refillable drinks. Something that's in us and refillable. So the trap is different for the woman than it was for death. Um, we have a, there was a last come to um, some of my groups in Gateshead and uh, she's great and she goes to um, one of the faith schools in Gateshead there's lots of faith schools and she came in and one of the first um, times she spoke in the group was to say um, a question about what God is like and she said this line she, she said um, God is all powerful God is all-knowing. God is all-loving. God is omnipresent and omnibenevolent. And I thought to myself, look at what benevolent means. <laughs> so I don't know. And I did. I thought, you know, what? what, you know, what? I said, where's that, where's that come from? And she's like, that's what, that's, that's, I had to memorise that for school. And I'm like, what? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what's this? And, and then the next question was, um, what it's like to, to know God? And she didn't really know. See, she, could, she, she knew, she knew the, the memorised version of what God is like, but um, she didn't really know God. And that, that girl, okay, um, it's called Amelia. And Amelia um, made a commitment when we were at a worship event in Sunderland. Okay, and she'd not been coming along either. And she's come on and off over the last year. But she was also a thirsty person who was looking for something in her life. And she had it there, but not there. And I've talked about this uh, before. She had it there, but not there. And she knew God there because that she'd memorised all those things but she didn't know God there. And I think that's kind of like this woman, but also uh, the Samaritans. They know all the laws and all the regulations about what's going on, and they know God there, but they don't know God there. And the reason we had such a long reading today was because we wanted to uh, end with that last little bit in um, sort of 40 to 42. Okay? So, we're going to go back to um, right at the end of the passage, okay? And it's like, it says, many Samaritans believe. And I'm looking at verse uh, 42, and they said, uh, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. And I think that's kind of like what those two young people said, like we've, yeah, people have said, we've, you know, we've done them nativity things and we've got all this information from school and yet, you know, you might be right, but actually what, what's happened is we've experienced God for ourselves. And when Jesus talks about um, living water, what he's saying is you can experience God for yourself. All that hurt that you've got, there's enough water for that. And all that judgment you've got, there's enough water for that. And every time you're thirst, there's enough water for that. And you've got this 
well that's within you that just overflows so that you can not be thirsty. Now, I like... Um, it says there, and, and one thing like, I think about is like, it, you know, I know God's um, living water, but I still thirst for things of this world. And, you know, like when you hear it read, um, don't fear. But this morning I still came with a, with fear, a little bit of fear in my heart. Do you know what I mean? And I still fear about things. In the, and I'm, like, I'm kind of like, if God said, don't thirst, but I'm, I am thirsty, I do want those things of the world. And if he says, don't fear, and I still fear, what does that actually mean for me uh, living today? You know, because I do, I thir- and, and, and we, we all, we're thirsty people, aren't we? We want things. And we're thirst after things, and I'm kind of like, um, I don't get how Jesus could just say, um, you'll never thirst, because I'm a thirsty person. And, um, and I just simply, I've got this thought, okay, and I've seen like a, a picture on Facebook which said about... Um, it was a glass of half, half of water that says, um, you know, the pessimist thinks it's going to run out soon. You, you know, that kind of thing. And like the, you know, the optimist, that you've still got half left. And Jesus says, it's refillable. And I kind of like think about um, like how actually I, I thirst. I do thirst. And I kind of think that God's saying here, um, it's not that you'll never be thirsty again, but actually, when you do thirst, there is somewhere to turn. And I think that's, that's what I've got from looking at this this week, is that I kind of, I can't deal with the fact that I, I can never thirst again because I, I'm just not, I'm not, I can't do it, I'm not perfect. But actually, when I do thirst, it's about where I turn to when I thirst. Do you know what I'm saying? I've said thirst a lot. I'm thirsty now. Um, and that's just where I want to leave it this morning. Uh, just thinking about like, where we um, turn to uh, when we thirst. And thinking about that as we go today. Because I think especially at this time, people are going to thirst, aren't they? They're going to be wanting to be fulfilled and, and um, I've never known such a, a thirsty generation as this. Okay.